0: Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death and giving life to those in the tomb. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Mark tells us as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed, but he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has been raised, he is not here. This is the central proclamation of the Christian hope that he who was crucified is not here, he is raised. This young man who announces it is found just a couple of chapters before in Mark chapter 14. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus is arrested. Some have thought that maybe Mark was writing himself into the story. Sometimes an artist will paint himself or herself into a painting. Or in movies, there's an Easter egg where the real character that the movie's based upon suddenly shows up or the director's there. Alfred Hitchcock was known to be a character in there, in the movie Aaron Brockovich, at the end of it, the real Aaron Brockovich is seen at the law firm that they have moved into. But I think this unnamed disciple is not an Easter egg, it is us. Go back to Mark chapter 14, when Jesus is in the garden, and he is being arrested, all the disciples flee. When Jesus had said, people are going to reject me and they're going to abandon me, all the disciples said, oh, not me. I won't do that. I will never do that, Jesus. And yet they all did. And there's this young man who seems to be determined unlike the others. He is really earnest in his discipleship and he is going to stick by. He will remain loyal. But as they try to arrest him, His clothes, which Mark says are burial clothes, fall off. He's naked. Much like Adam and Eve who go into hiding, he runs off ashamed of being naked. Shame and fear are great drivers of our decision making, and rarely do shame and fear make for good decisions. Maybe in the horror movie, when the person is coming after you, With a knife, that's a good time to be afraid. But for the most part, most of us are driven by fears that are unreasonable and unrealistic, and yet they capture us. Shame, too, is all too often a human emotion. One of my favorite movies for theological reflection is the movie Bridesmaids. For those who have not seen it, Maya Rudolph is getting married, and the movie is about the tension between her two best friends. One is her lifelong friend, played by Kristen Wiig, whose life seems to be completely falling apart. Nothing ever goes right. And she has this new best friend whose life appears, at least on the outside, to be perfect and all together. And what you realize in the movie is, is that neither one of them, not any of us, have our lives together. I don't know about you, but I find great comfort in knowing that I am not the only screw-up in this world. The movie is about the disastrous results when we are driven by our shame and fear of not being perfect. But what if perfection is a mirage? What if perfection is something that only exists on the cover of magazines and on our friends' Instagram feeds? In the book, The School of Life and Emotional Education, the author says in his introduction, the single greatest enemy of contemporary satisfaction may be the belief in human perfectibility. We have been driven by collective rage, he says, through the apparently generous, yet in reality, devastating idea that it might be within our natural ability to be completely and enduringly happy. So let's go back to this young man we find in chapter 14, the one who is going to be the real disciple unlike all those others who fled, the one who was going to be really loyal to Jesus, and yet in the end runs away naked, ashamed, and afraid. And we find him in chapter 16 in the Easter story sitting on a rock. When the women come to the tomb to um, prepare Jesus' body for burial, they find him sitting there dressed in white. But this is no off-the-rack white shirt. This is a dazzling white shirt. It gets lost in translation from the Greek to the English, but essentially he is wearing the dazzling white that Jesus wore at the transfiguration. The earnest disciple who was going to get it right, who fails in the end, Jesus still, Jesus still clothes him, and the dazzling light of resurrection. Luther says it like this about God and Christ giving us what we can't have for ourselves. Christ's merits are given to us so that we might be reckoned righteous in our trust in the merits of Christ when we believe in him as though we had merits of our own. In other words... Why and how does God actually count people who are not righteous as righteous? This is what we call in Christianity grace. John Zoll, in his fantastic book on grace and addiction, writes that grace is the hope that seeks us out when we are at our worst. It looks forward to the long, hard road ahead. Grace is not worried even when things fall apart and everything goes wrong. Grace is the love of God that does not let go. It brings good out of bad and it sees hope where there is none. Grace always gives another chance. Grace waits, it stands when you have fallen. It leaves the door open. Grace stays awake when you have fallen asleep. Bishop Inge, who's the Bishop of Worcester in the Church of England, shared a story. Children sometimes seem to grasp theological concepts better than adults. He asked the children, what do you think Jesus was doing when he had descended to the dead? child, after a long pause, said, I think he was looking everywhere for Judas. (laughs) Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org and peace be with you.